This is an RNZ podcast. Kia ora. Good evening. We begin tonight with exclusive breaking news. Big moves on a natural resource vital to the health and well-being of every New Zealander, water. Revealed just minutes ago, the country's getting a dedicated watchdog for water and water quality to ensure access to safe, clean drinking water. New regulations will also be introduced to help clean up wastewater and stormwater systems nationwide with more government oversight. Well, that was big news leading TVNZ1 News last Wednesday. Just minutes earlier, the government released the details for that new regulator for water, something which will have an impact all around the country. And it's important to get this right. When water goes wrong, it can be a matter of life and death, as TVNZ1 News presenter Simon Dello went on to point out. Katie Bradford's covered the story over the years. She joins us now from Hawke's Bay. Katie. Good evening. Well, this is ground zero where so many people got sick in Havelock North North nearly three years ago. And since then, there's been a number of inquiries and reviews. But tonight's review, release of the Three Waters Review, looking at our drinking waste and stormwater, represents the biggest overhaul of our drink of our water regulations in many, many years. TVNZ's Katie Bradford has indeed been all over the story since the crisis broke in Hawke's Bay in 2016. Here she is in a later report, for example, in May 2017. The butcher here has to pay hundreds of dollars a week to buy uh, thousands, hundreds of litres of water, fresh water, to make his sausages. Because if he doesn't, his sausage casings are green. So, you know, the, the effect here is still being really strongly felt. And that's quite a level of detail there from TVNZ's Katie Bradford. But in her scoop last Wednesday, the local government minister, Nanaya Mahuta, told Katie Bradford this. The important thing is to ensure that the regulator has oversight and stewardship of the whole system, because right now, 78 territorial authorities are a part of our drinking water supply. But it turns out that the minister and her government had quite a lot of oversight into how that story ended up on TVNZ1 News exclusively last Wednesday. Indeed, the story was exclusively offered by them to TVNZ, much to the irritation of other reporters who were annoyed to see the minister on TVNZ1 News there, leafing through a copy of the report, which they hadn't been able to see in advance. Now, they knew this announcement was coming, though, because the Prime Minister's office had given political reporters a heads-up about it earlier in the week, so they expected to get the details under some sort of embargo in advance. But when these weren't forthcoming ahead of Wednesday, the media then found out about the deal done with TVNZ. Now, as it happened, RNZ's checkpoint did get the news on the air a few minutes after TVNZ1 News had it, after 6pm on Wednesday, like this. Our Hawke's Bay reporter Anusha Bradley has been feverishly looking at the details which have just been released, and she's on the phone now. Good evening, Anusha. What's going to change? Good evening, Alex. Well, as you know, at the moment, water management is largely up to individual councils. The government says this new dedicated water watchdog will be independent, centrally located, and have strong oversight of the entire drinking water system in New Zealand. But there would have been no need for reporter Anusha Bradley to digest the details in such a hurry and relay them in a rushed report over the phone if the details had been given to all media in advance. And there were a lot of details in the full report, which ran to about 130 pages. Now, once the government realised that it had slipped up by giving the media heads up on something of national importance, but also offered the story to just one outlet, it really should have dumped its deal and given all interested media the opportunity to see the details under embargo. Indeed, if they want the media to observe embargoes in the future, they can't just pick and choose the outlets where they think they'll get the best exposure, especially when it's stuff of genuine national importance. 
A senior staff reporter at the Press in Christchurch, Dominic Harris, certainly thought so, and he said so on Twitter that night. But in the end, I asked him, does it matter to the public who gets the story first among the media in a case like this? Dumping such an enormous amount of information, critical information, that has such far-reaching consequences for the public uh, onto us, the media, makes our job extremely difficult. And that job is bringing information to the public in a timely manner. And it just stops us doing our job properly. The first I realised, my colleague was watching the 6 o'clock news, noticed it, uh, called over to me. I checked my email inbox at a couple of minutes past six. And the first thing I saw was uh, a release from Nanaya Mahuta's office and David Clark's office with the full press release and the links to the Cabinet papers. What's to stop you, though, just saying, well, we'll report on this in a few hours' time when we've had time to read it? I mean, this wouldn't be the first time, would it, that uh, a government or or a minister's office has um, tried to get uh, a bit of exposure by uh, giving something to one of the 6pm news bulletins and the rest of the media's had to follow on? No, it wouldn't be the first time. And I do understand that news organisations occasionally get exclusives. But with such critical um, decisions that affect so many people across the country and involve potentially hundreds of millions of dollars of public money, uh, you would think that it's fair that the government allows the media the time to scrutinise their decisions in a timely manner. At the end of the day, the most important people in this are the public. Is it perhaps a concern for you that if it's out there, lead story on the 6pm news, that is when the rest of the media will follow it and the news cycle moves on, you're unlikely to go back to it? Absolutely. That's, that's one of the key um, quandaries that we face, is that when information is given to us late, uh, the news cycle does move forward very, very quickly. Um, I think a lot of the media were forced to you know, really report off of the press release without delving into the reports enormously, and they didn't necessarily have the opportunity to do that. Now, there would be nothing wrong with giving that report, that cabinet paper and the press release to us, even a few hours earlier under embargo so that we could do our due diligence. And Dominic, does this um, make you perhaps less willing to observe embargoes in the future, or particularly those that might have a 6pm embargo time? Not necessarily. Um, if, if I agree to an embargo, unless there is an exceptionally good reason, I will always abide by it. And finally, Dominic, uh, when you expressed your uh, annoyance about this on Wednesday night, uh, you did uh, copy in the, the Twitter handles of uh, Minister Clark and Minister Mahuta. Um, did they respond in any way or anyone from their office to um, you, know, you making clear your frustration that I know was shared by other journalists that felt they were denied that story that was exclusive on uh, TVNZ1 News on Wednesday night? No, neither, neither minister has come back to me, not that I would necessarily expect them to. Um, people connected with their offices have expressed their own frustrations. Strange to alert the gallery reporters to a coming story um, and then not to, not to follow through with it. It seems a very strange way of doing things. Uh, and I can only wonder at the decision-making behind um, this release of such important information. That was staff reporter in Christchurch, Dominic Harris, on how the government's media handling muddied the waters last Wednesday on that big announcement of a new national water regulator.